Welcome to the Tour Coach here in 2023, another year of the stories, the conversations, the roundtable discussions that come from my travels on the PGA and the Corn Ferry Tours, along with my teaching down at Old Palm and Palm Beach Gardens, or here in my studio in Mobile, Alabama. These are the stories and the guests and the people that I run into that I bring to you to help you enjoy playing the game of golf, learning about the game of golf, or learning how to teach the game of golf. I hope you'll enjoy my travels, my conversations, and you enjoy being on this journey with me. But I also want to remind you that this journey and bringing it to you wouldn't be possible without a special thanks to our longtime sponsors. First and foremost, Strixon and Cleveland Golf, Vineyard Vines, Bushnell Golf, and Buick GMC. Without those, the tour coach and all these travels wouldn't be possible, wouldn't be possible to bring these conversations to you. I hope you'll enjoy sitting in with me on another version here of the tour coach. All right, uh, joining me here on the tour coach. I've been, it's been a while since we've had this guy on. He's one of my favorite guys out there. Um, one of the great young teachers. He's in a super cool spot at Southern Islands that isn't a bad place to sit and hang out. Um, and, uh, Always a breath of fresh air, Drew Steckel. Drew, how you doing, buddy? I am doing well. It's great to uh, catch up and chat with you and uh, see what's going on in your world. Well, I mean, you know, uh, we were both just talking before we started recording this. I'm home this week, which is nice, right? Supposed to go out uh, to pebble with a player, but he's hurt, so didn't. And uh, you know, I've been I've been spending a little more time. We talked a little bit about, uh, you know, just with with these younger players coming up. Obviously I had some good run with a bunch of guys that played good. Uh, but it's been refreshing for me getting back to, and, and I kind of want to pick your brain on this. Like Drew, I got it back. You know, I think what got me out there teaching tour players was I had a bunch of success developing young guys like Smiley Kaufman and Bobby Wyatt and Robbie Shelton, those guys. And then it seems like that turns you in, you get away. It's hard to not get away from that. I think. And I think, uh, I told Justin Parsons this earlier. I think, like, may, maybe that's my strong point. Maybe I realized, like, that's the shit I'm good at doing, and I got away from it a little bit. And so it's been refreshing for me getting back to doing I've got a great stable of young guys with some guys on the Corn Ferry, and then Ben Carr and Ty Gingrich at Cincinnati's a hell of a player. And, uh, man, the kid at Alabama like JPK. But we got a bunch of good young players, and it's exciting and refreshing to be around well, I see, I see, you know, I was just telling you earlier, I, I, I see you doing all these schools and you're doing, you know, you're teaching a bunch of these young juniors and you're helping out younger kids. And, you know, that's kind of how I started too. It was like, I actually started with only tour players kind of in that direction. So I started the exact opposite. It was like, I went, yeah. you know, from a corn fairy guy when I was 23 years old to Jason Gore when I was 25 or 26. <laughs> and all I did was teach on tour and, I had nowhere to teach other than on tour, basically. I didn't have a home. I traveled, and that's all I did. So, you know, like you're saying, um, you know, it's a different – it's a, it, it's very refreshing when you get young, kind of un – you know, jaded from the, the tour life and the treatment and all that kind of stuff and the, the distractions that go on on the PGA Tour and the, and the people all involved in it to get around, you know, just – hitting balls, getting on grass, and this this kid in front of you is, you know, 15, 13 years old or 16, whatever age they are, and they're they're just thrilled to death that they're spending time with you, and they, they, they take in every word that you say, and they they really – it's a really refreshing thing as a coach to have balance is what I would I would say how I feel about my life now and, and where I am in my coaching. You know, and I think, too, Drew, like, 
the even the corn fairy guys like you know they there's there it's getting that way but they're still you know especially when they get the card for the first time and they're still they listen they haven't got all the distractions i mean it's harder than ever i don't know what your experience is but like there's so many voices in their ears now it, it, you know? it really is i mean you got you got guys some guys have teams of five six you got their agent, their trainer, their family, their their caddy, their short game coach, their putting coach, their stats guy, this and this and this. So you get in this team and then everybody's looking at you and you're going, all right, so at the end of the day, you've got to hit a shot when it counts and you've got to go out there on Thursday and you've got to hit the first tee ball and then you see where you finish after the first day and then you've got three more days to do what you can do. Some weeks you have it and some weeks you don't. So let's not find everything wrong all the time. Because if you do that in golf, I think you're taking away the artistic side. There's there's definitely dialogue that can happen behind their ears. But, you know, I, you know, the guys I have now and the guys that are in my stable on, you know, the tour that I, I have are, it's very, you know, it's pretty much their caddies and me and, and you know, their trainer, you know, their physio. Yeah. And that's about it. So I've kind of gotten around, uh, you know, a, you know, the Jason Kokraks and the Kevin Nas of the veterans and Danny Lee, you know, it's very, it's very simple, you know, like it's, I think there's so many ways in golf now that you can find problems. There's always a new something, right? Yeah. And that's just kind of where the tour is. Everybody thinks that there's some magical, you know, oh, if I hire this guy, then I'm going to eat the right meal at the right time and I'm going to putt better today or whatever it is. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a different putting coach every few months and, you know, this type of thing. I, yep. I always go. I always go back to you'll like this Colby too. You know Colby from being out there. Trainer. Absolutely. Yep. One right. of the best in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Colby and I do. You know, we've worked together a long time, and we do a ton together. And you know, he said one time to a player, he's like, "Hey, we all need to know our role." And his role, my his role is to tell you what you need to do in the swing, and my role is to get your body to be able to do it. And if everybody stays in their damn lanes, this thing's gonna work. Yep. Right. Yep. And but when teams get dysfunctional, or instruction programs to me get dysfunctional, it's when somebody in there doesn't know their lane and doesn't stay in their lane. And I think that happens, you know, more than it ever did now. And hell, I even see it happen in junior golf now, which is insane, but it does. It does, and that's that's kind of where, like, you know, the juniors and the and the college kids that I work with, I, I'm I'm trying to prepare them for this because of mm-hmm. all the things that are there. And I'm warning them that, you know, okay, you're going to have success. Like, you you know, you're young, you know, the Ben Carbright, who finished second at the USAM, it's like, you know, he's going to have a million people. He's going to have all these people throwing things at him, you know, and he's going to walk out there. He's a great player, and he's, he's going to have success. He's going to, you know, he, you're going to have to you, – you train them young, and you can kind of get into their head on like, okay, well, this is what you got – this is what you did to get here. Don't don't magically turn into a different person once you get out there because you think that there is something else and you got five people in your camp that all think that this and then as soon as you know something goes wrong and they miss three cuts or four cuts or two cuts or one cut whatever it is and they start playing bad then everybody starts pointing the finger at each other and the first person to go is obviously usually the caddy or the swing coach yeah they're the easiest to go right so it's like okay. Uh, the, guy, the guy missed, you know, he missed a, he missed a, you know, he missed five iron from two twenty five to a, you know, back left pin and short sided himself and made a bogey. Okay, it was his fault. You know, I missed it left too much yeah. or whatever it is. 
So you, you, you get all these things and you're like, okay, well, at the end of the day, we can look at Shot Tracker all day. We can go through every single stat. We can do your practice. We can do your prep. But if you stay in your lane and you have a good foundation with you, and that's kind of a thing in a direction that I don't think is talked a lot about, right? And, and people watch mm-hmm. Golf Central and think, the guy standing behind the range is the best teacher in the world that week. It's like, no, that guy's doing nothing different than he would, did probably two months ago. Just because the guy won, it doesn't mean he did anything different. I tell that to people when they say, well, what was the difference when, you know, he won? Nothing. I did the same thing we did, we, did, we were doing a year ago. We're, I might have changed a few things here and there, but nothing major. He right. putted well that week, and he hit it. he hit it great, and he closed the door, and that's it. You mentioned you mentioned they have a good foundation. What do you when you talk about a good foundation? What are you looking for in a player when you know and not you know you know but like you know when Kokrak came to see you the first time or Kevin Na came to see you the first time or you know um, I've watched some of the videos you do you put some cool stuff out there uh, you know on social media and one of the kids heck uh, Jack I I've taught his brother right they moved yep. from that way out there to you like when you start with a kid like that. What are you thinking about foundation? Where do you start with somebody? I kind of just see where they've come from. So I, I try to I'll, – I'll kind of go through, depending on their level and where they're at, you know, whether it's a tour player or a junior, I'll figure out the lessons, who they worked with, why they came to me, what made them come to me. What, what in, I'll, I'll ask them, what, what, what's the reason you're here? Why would you find me? You know, I didn't find you. Why would you find me? What do you think I have that's going to help you and why? Um, that's a question I think is viable that, that people need to ask is, okay, well, what made you choose me? Is it, do you think I'm, you know, whatever, because my guy won on tour, is that, that the reason, whatever, something, right? So I'll try to get into their head and what they're thinking and what do you want out of this? So what's your goal? Where do you want to be? How serious, what level do you want to get to? Do you want to play in college? Do you want to play high school? Do you want to play on the PGA tour? And you go through the questions of, you know, figuring out, like, different levels. And I've worked with Jack for four four years now, ever since he's been in Vegas, and he's grown probably a foot and a half. And now he's six foot three. And, <laughs> you know, you just look at this kid. And, you know, when I started with Jack, it was like he was just getting into golf, and I made it fun. And we worked on his swing, but we didn't we, – we worked a, heavy, a lot on his mechanics without him knowing his mechanics. And now he's got 175 ball speed. And he's 15 years old, and he's just this monster of a kid he's who a loves golf. Great family, um, super supportive family. Brother's a yep. great player. You know, his brother's a great player who you taught. So you you get around this kid, and he just you know he was out actually last weekend for for the weekend to work with me, and you know comes from Florida, and you know he just he just doesn't want to leave the golf course. So with him, you know, I'm building a foundation with you know the mental side of it, and and. You know, Jack, when you get into college, you're going to get, you're starting to get free golf clubs. You're starting to get attention from coaches. You're starting to get attention from, you know, there's going to be agents that recruit you once you're in college. And then an agent's going to recruit you. And then they're going to have somebody in their background that's going to say, well, I think he's a good coach for you. And this guy's a good, well, maybe you shouldn't work with that. You know, maybe. So you have to <laughs> prepare them for the underlying angles of what people do in the golf world. And people don't see that. And I don't, you know, we'll see how the Netflix show that everybody's hyping up, which I'm sure will be great. We'll see what the real angle that, but there's more to that Netflix of what people are going to see in the behind the scenes. For sure. Really goes on. And you know, this for doing it as long as you have, 
you know, you got an agent, you got a psychologist, you got a family, they may be married, they have this, you got all these angles of what's going on. And at the end of the day, you know, my, some of the best work I can get done is when it's just one-on-one, you know, away from everybody, their guard is down, we're not at a tournament, they're not on defense mode or putting up a wall mode, because at a tournament, guys are are different than what they are if you're just having a straight-up conversation. Thankfully, you know, I have guys that I get a lot of opportunities to do that with. And, okay, I get to, I'll, I'll go to a tournament and monitor and make sure everything's okay if you need me, and that's fine. We'll, we'll work on things and this and this. But I'd prefer, you know, we sit on the couch and actually just go to dinner and talk about it or whatever it may be, and then yeah. we go to the range away from everybody no distractions, no people, and you tell me what you think, and I'll tell you what you think, and I'll be a sounding board, and I think, you know, when you're developing these kids before they're even on the corn ferry or even college, to have that that trust with a coach, you don't have these eyes of, you know, well, this coach might be better for me, this coach might be, this guy's good, well, his guys are playing good, so he's a better coach than this guy, and he's a better coach because his guys, this, and that's how people think, it's just they want the instant gratification of, okay, he's, this guy's coach, you know, whatever it is, like, okay, well, what's the difference, you know, uh, nothing, they're doing the same thing with him, their guys are just playing well. <laughs> no, you're, yeah, yeah, right, how do you deal with, if you, if, if it, you know, we talked a little often, like, you know, you, you get fired, or you have a stretch where guys don't play, and you, you I mean, I'm not the only guy that at times sits there and wonders, what the hell am I doing, right? I mean, like, you know, I mean, uh, how do you handle that when you get a stretch where guys don't play well? You know, I definitely, I do a lot of self-reflection on me and kind of what, you know, as a coach, you definitely sit there and wonder, what am I doing? Am I not, do I not, am I not saying the right things? Am I not doing, giving them enough? Am I giving them too much? Am I around them too much? Am I, Am I at the tournament too much? Am I not at a tournament too much? So you definitely go through, you know, I'll kind of do all the check boxes on me and yeah, see what I am. Do it, right? And it's very hard because, you you know, as a coach, you don't get into coaching to do it for you. You're doing it for someone else. Mm-hmm. So you care, you know, a lot of the time you can, you know, relate to this is, you know, it hurts you more sometimes than you than people, than the player. I mean, they miss cuts and you're probably more, it's a worse Friday, you know, whatever it is, looking at your phone going, okay, he's got one hole left, he has to make a birdie and he didn't do it, or whatever it is, or he makes a bogey and he misses the cut. And you go through the ups and downs of this, of, of golf, and, uh, you know, I definitely will go through it. And, you know, there's been stretches with guys, and I've been lucky to be around you know, the guys I've, you know, the Jason Kokraks and the Kevin Nas and, you know, I've had my ins and outs with Danny for other reasons and all that kind of stuff. But Danny's, you know, been around pretty much the most, you know, off and on for nine years. And you go through guys and guys come in and out and they think, you know, in two months I'm magically going to make them this or that. And they want results like, well, why am I not top 10 in the world? Or why am I not winning? Or what am I doing? You should, you should do this. And you sit, you doubt, you know, it's easy as a coach to doubt yourself because they they lose a lot more than they win. Right. I mean, you're not working with John Rom, you know, let's be honest. Like, you know, me and you aren't working with a guy who's winning, you know, in contention every single week. And you kind of are, it's just not that easy. People don't understand that. No question. Right. 
and when you do have that, that's great, and, and that's great. But John Rahm's been John Rahm since college. You know, I remember him in a practice round at, when he was in, a sophomore in college at ASU, and he played nine holes with Danny and Pat Perez, and I was working with Pat Perez at the time, and I looked at Danny and Pat, and I'm like, this guy could win the tournament this week. He holds it on the 10th hole, the second shot, and I went, I don't even know what to tell you. This guy's in college, and this guy is unbelievable, and he's just always been that good. So, you know, people kind of, I think a lot more stuff like doing, you know, conversations between coaches like we're doing, I think it's going to help a lot of these parents and these juniors and these kids that are getting their feet wet at the professional level, college level, to hear what really goes on when they get there. Because you don't know till you're there. You, don't, you, you may think you know because you listen to Golf Channel and you watch Golf Channel and you look at Instagram. That doesn't, that doesn't prepare you. you. You have to have trust in a foundation with somebody. And then when you get there, you're going to have confidence. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I, I think that uh, I also – you know, I had this experience with Ben Carr. Ben and I had worked together for a good while, had some success. Hit a stretch where he didn't play good, and then he left. And then came back, you know, didn't play very good at all. Came back four or five months later or whatever. And then we started working at the end of last school year, beginning of the summer. And obviously, he's played really nice. And it's still ups and downs. But I got told him this, that I thought it was good to learn that lesson in college rather than come out, turn pro, and then panic and change everything up. Because I've seen guys – I've seen more than more than one guy come out, play well, not play well, change everything. And then, I mean, that's – sometimes I think that's – I mean, there's – we could – you and I could sit and have a beer and we could pull a list out. There's, there's a zillion of them that nobody ever heard from again once they start swapping stuff around. Exactly. And and I think amongst the coaches that are, you know, that are out there most, you know, the guys that are out there and have been out there, you know the guys that just go around coaches and they just circle through, right? They just, yeah. you know, they'll just, they'll just circle through and it's like they're going through this thinking that this guy, you know, this coach is going to tell them something from this guy and this guy. And it's like, no, you're not looking at yourself in the mirror. And, and you know, I, I've actually had a few conversations with people that said, don't, I don't think you should change anything. You know, do keep doing what you're doing. You know, I don't, you're playing bad right now, but that's, I, I, okay. If you have a question and, and you need a couple little, okay, throw a couple questions out, but don't, you know, don't throw your guy under the bus because you think this and this, you need to have a little bit of loyalty to, you know, as much as, you know, we are as coaches, it's like, okay, we're showing loyalty to you because you're sacrificing, you know, your time teaching people that you could be at home or, or in South Florida and doing your schools for a tour event. And it's like, okay, well, if, if I go out to a tour event, I'm sacrificing a week of my time of this. So, mm-hmm. you know, there needs to be loyalty. You know, this is a team effort. And that's where I think a lot of these kids younger need to learn, you know, as much loyalty as your coach shows you and as much as they care about you, you should, you should, you should show some respect and, you know, have, have some heart and actually, you know, man up and deal with the situation with your coach and work through the hard times because that's what will make you better is, is going through the hard and then going to the good, going through the, the success, right? You got to, you know, I've had my moments with all my guys of playing bad and, Sitting there going, this isn't good. No, whatever it is, you know, I, I we got to we we got to work harder. We got to figure a way. We got to both do something different, right? We, we'll we'll do it together. But I'm lucky enough. My guys are very good at communicating with how they're feeling, what they're saying, and and what they need, right? 
important. And that's very yeah, important. That's it's huge. They don't just throw something out at me and, like, I'm mad at you and randomly and say, you know, this. if they're frustrated with, you know, I need you out more. I need you here. I want you here for seven days this week or whatever it is, like Phoenix with Danny next week. He goes, you know, you weren't at Torrey Pines and, you know, I really would have felt, I would have felt comfortable. You were in Palm Springs and I felt comfortable. I played well. I, you know, finished top 20 and, you know, this and this. Sure. No problem. Be there. No problem. If that's, that's what you need at the moment. You know, and there's a give and take in coaching of, you know, codependency and being 24-7 with your player every warm-up, every post-round warm-up, seven days a week. I think there's a balance to that. Um, Good for players. We've turned into that. I wonder if it'll go back the other way. My personal belief is I don't know that that's really good for them as players. Uh, You know, but we've gotten to a point where – there's a bunch of them where if you know if we're not out there, Drew, all the time, they're going to go to somebody else because they think that's what you're supposed to do, right? Because you know? he's out there every week. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. That, and that's you know I don't think that I agree with you on that. And you know I did that probably five years ago. I mean I was on the road. I did 39 events one year, I believe. I did Woo-hoo. 39. So I mean people don't realize that you know it. it Seven days a week. I was at 39 events, seven days a week. I missed, you know, very few tournaments in a year. And was it a good thing? Yeah. Was he playing well in this? And it was on cruise control, but it's also what happens when you're not there because it's not, it's not realistic to think that your coach can always be there. So now my juniors and my college kids or any of these young kids that I work with, I'm trying to develop them. We have phones. You can pick up the phone. You can get a swing video. You can send a video and it could be a five minute conversation. And, I'll use the example, I mean, of of the wins that I've had on tour, that I've been there on a Sunday, is three. And it's, I, I do I want to be there and sit there and, yeah, sure, that's great on a Sunday, whatever it is. But it's very interesting, like when Kokrak Co- won Houston, we were just FaceTiming. He had his ear pods in in his practice round, and he was literally just on the phone talking. And he was just sitting there on FaceTime for three days, called every night after his round, was going to WD on Tuesday, hated the game, <laughs> thought he couldn't play, this and this and that, went through it all, and he wins the tournament. So I think that's where we were talking earlier is, you know, it's just not realistic to think that your coach is going to be hovering over you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whenever you want. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy in anything in life. No. And I, I, I tell, you know, like you, I mean, we get, you know, you get where you've taught some guys that are worth a shit and everybody thinks you got the answer. So you get guys that want to come in and see you or players want to come in and see you. And, you know, I'm like, hey, man, like, at a certain point, you got to take ownership of your shit, right? Like, and you've got to do the work. We can give you information and coach you up. But at a certain point, the players got to do it. They got to they got to take some ownership, and they've got to be responsible for doing the work. And and you know, I mean, a lot of it's directly related to how hard do they do it, and how hard, how good are they at blocking out all the distractions and sticking with their plan. Exactly. I mean, you just you just get them to a point where they have confidence in themselves, and that's the end goal of. You know, I think it's a mindset and a training that you start younger and younger. It's it's not 
this, you know, in their head, they may think that the reason they played well was because you were there for seven days. No, 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 no. You were there observing. You you may have said a few things in the warm-up, and you sat there and, you know, did your deal and whatever it is. You know how some of those warm-ups go. You sit there and you're like, okay, what do you want me to tell you? What, do you want to find something wrong with your golf swing today? I mean, is there something you want me to tell you? Because there's nothing wrong. Okay, you missed it two yards left. Okay, great. Okay, if this is your miss today, I think you'll play good, right? So it's a it's a whole give and take of, uh, you know, finding that sweet spot. And that's kind of where, you know, I was way the other way of being there too much. Then I kind of went a little bit less travel, and I was a little more, okay, I'm going to step back a little bit. And, and depending on the guy, I mean, it depends on certain guys, but some guys get accustomed to having a guy around 24-7 yeah. with them, and then that's what they expect. So, you, you you know, sometimes you're just a gatekeeper. You're keeping people away because people, yeah, no you doubt. know how it is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, well, he's on the range, and I just played bad, and I it's I might just go ask this guy. He's here, this coach, right? So you, you're sitting there going, well, if I'm not at the tournament, this guy might want to go work with him, or he's gonna he's gonna go find another coach, or whatever it is. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You know? There's a hundred percent of that, and there's a lot of marketing and a lot of you know, oh well, I'm here, so I'll take a look. Right, right, no question about it. You know, no question that 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 happens, and I think it happens more and more. You know, I I just wonder if if it'll ever go back. You know, we, look, there's all the. I mean, hell. I mean, you look at all this. We deal with science every day now. Everybody's talking about science and studies. You wonder if anybody's going to figure out that having somebody there telling you something every day, every week, isn't good, right? I mean, they everybody wants to put you on 3D shit. I mean, we can't figure out that it's probably not realistically as good for you to not have somebody standing there telling you something every day. I am. I am a hundred percent on that page too. I mean, I'm kind of like that way. You know, I'm like how many things do you need to analyze? I mean, if we sit right. here and we nitpick everything with, you know, everything we can capture and everything's on data and there's this perfect model of what we're trying to do, it's already too late. Like, what are we going to do on a Wednesday night and you tee off tomorrow that we can – I don't care if you warmed up with gears on or any 3D and sat there and said, okay, I'm on – I got it. Okay, everything's perfect today. That doesn't mean you're going to play well. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to get the ball in the hole. At the end of the day, we're going, okay – can you hit a shot? Can you do this? Hit it, you know. Uh, you know, working with Jason Gore is one of my first guys. You know, now that he's, you know, working for the PGA Tour and he's retired, he, you know, we have a lot of conversations and we're really good friends. And, you know, his kind of thing, looking back on his career, and he's a great ball striker. He's like, I watch this on the range when I go to tournaments and I'm not a, you know, I'm not on tour anymore. And he's like, can you hit it high? Can you hit it low? Can you hit it left? Can you hit it right? What shot are you hitting and how do you do it? And keep it that simple. And don't, you know, you can get a 15 training aids on and you can do all these drills and you can have your foresight out and your track man out and you're testing four drivers and three different shafts in them. And then you got all these deals and there's just so many variables that you throw into this and you're not thinking about old school way of, okay, I'm just going to hit the ball and I'm going to play and I'm going to find a way to win and I'm going to find a way to play well. Yeah, no, no. I mean, and I, I don't think that. I mean, we're talking, you know, but like high school golfers, college golfers, guys that you know pretty much realize like that. You know, if you go to a tour event, like these guys, to me, the best ones know their shot. They know if they, you know, like Lucas would always draw it or whatever. You know, Smiley would hit a fade, different things. But like they knew how to hit their one shot, and they just 
we're okay doing it. And you know, and then you'll get you'll get some of these young guys. Well, I got to hit it this way, and then I got to hit it that way. Like you know, go out there and figure out how to score hitting one shot first. You know, absolutely. <laughs> and that's that's one thing. Like you know, I would say about yeah, <laughs> Kevin Nas that way. I mean, Kevin Nas like okay, well, this is what I got today. This is what I got this week, and and this course is awful for me. And this is what I'm going to do. And that's that's you know why Kevin's been on. You know, as successful as he, you know, that's why he is mm-hmm. who he is. And he knows he can chip. He knows his strength. He's chipping and putting in his iron play. You know, he's like, if I hit my driver, this 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 ball speed and somewhere here, I'm going to play fine. And if this course suits, you know, suits my game to a certain extent, I'm good. And he's very good at adapting. And he's just, that's why he's just a gamer. Like, he'll find a way. You know, I we were talking about it before he left to go play this week, and I think he has 79 top 10s, somewhere in there. And I went, that's incredible, you know, to realize what, you know, how many top 10s that is. And I know he's played. I don't know what his events have been, but he turned pro at 18 years old. Right, he's been out there forever. You know, he's been out there forever. He's been through it all. And he's just a veteran of veterans. And he's one of those guys that likes to help younger players. And he he Mm -hmm. gives them advice. And he goes, you know, once you find your guy and your coach and you find out your swing and what you're working on and what your pattern is, when it counts on a back nine on Sunday and what your miss is or whatever it is, that's what you do. And you stick to your plan. You know, we're going to have our moments. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. But at the end of the day, I've got a foundation. I've got a team I trust. And this is what it's going to be. That's brilliant. That's worth the whole podcast right there, that story, because that can help so many people and so many and, and just so many young folks and people that are trying to get better, because that's really what it's all about, you know? And it's an untalked, it's not, it's not something that's, that's talked about. You know, you, you, everybody can look at Instagram and see all, all these tips and these swing things and how to shower the club and wrist angles and positions and P1 to P10 and more and all that, and that's how I learned, right? I understand all that. That's great. I can get you in the best positions possible, and I can we can go through all these different styles of whatever you think this teacher teaches, and he may have a biomechanic, you know, whatever it is. But if it doesn't apply to you and it, it it doesn't process to how you learn, it means nothing. You know, sometimes the simplest things, you know, saying saying complex things the simplest way is the best way to do it, and it doesn't matter how you word it or whatever it is. These guys don't care because they're hitting the shot, not you. That's awesome, Drew. This has been fun. We got to do this more often. I got. I need the next trip out to Vegas. I need to come hang out at Southern Highlands with you. Well, your your friend Shane Sigby's been in the gym. You know, he's been. I've been seeing him at the gym every day. That's scary. That scares me. Yeah, he's also been in his wine cellar too. I know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. He came back from he came back from Hawaii, and Shane, I've seen him. I've seen him in the gym. He's not much of a range guy. I don't. He's a very short warm up guy. No, he is. He's he, and he's a short lesson guy. I give him a lesson every now and then when he's down here, or I see him. And I mean, it's a twenty-minute lesson max. You know what? Yep. You were, he, but I think this is why he's good. He comes I with one question. He comes with one question. He knows what he wants to do, and he gets you get him to do what well, he wants it to go left, right. He you get him to do it. And he hits six or seven balls, feels it, and he goes, okay, I'm good. I know what I'm doing. Like, he doesn't sit there. He doesn't overanalyze that. He doesn't say, okay, well, after I get doing that, what do I do, right? I mean, I think that's that's essence why it's like an imperfect swing. Or, you know, not an imperfect. It's his golf swing, but it's different looking. But that's why he's a 
player. He does he's a gamer. Yeah. Yeah, he's a gamer. You 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 know, he's gonna go out and he can find a way in ten balls, twenty balls, thirty thirty balls, and he goes out and warms up, goes and plays, and he's gonna shoot under pop, whatever it is. You yeah. know, and he's a great player. And, and and I think that's kind of one of those lost arts of, you know, between teachers and, and players and all that stuff is there's just so many options now in golf and there's this the next, the newest and next and the newest and next and we're not reinventing the wheel here with golf. There's it's a golf ball and a golf club and this and that. Nothing's new is changing. It's just being analyzed differently. You got it. You got it. You you hit the nail on the head. Man, this is fun. I am for sure this spring. I'm gonna come out there and hang out. Well that that will be that will be fantastic. I'm sure we will we will uh definitely have some nice wine with Mr. Sigsby. We'll have some nice wine and we'll tape another one of these. We'll tape one of these with, with Sigsby in it. It's always entertaining. So And we'll get Ben Lamb on there too and have him. Oh on my gosh. That we're lining up an all star cat. I'm just not gonna gamble with them. That's all I'm No, you don't even go near him. Don't that that that's uh that's a scary proposition getting around those guys. No gambling with them, nothing. There's no I stay far away. These these guys know what they're doing. Drew, you're one of the best, man, and you're more Sorry, importantly well, I appreciate it. You're just one of the good guys out there. I always enjoy. You're always great at checking in. Let's uh let's get together soon and thanks for sitting down with me this evening and having this little chat. It was it's awesome. Well, thank you and uh keep keep doing your thing with all these young guys and I love seeing your content and all your schools and these young kids you're working with. So, we will uh catch up soon. All right, buddy. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrikshon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.